Welcome to the City Hill podcast. We really hope you enjoy today's message. And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. So, key workers in schools, giving away Uber Eats vouchers. So while I'm speaking, you can just invite your friends, share this, that'd be great. We wanna bless them. Because, you know, hey, it is more blessed to give than receive. That's what Jesus taught, so that's what we're about at City Hill London. Hey, Shay, it's great to have you with us. Really, really cool. Now, as I'm speaking, what I want you guys to do, because, hey, you know what? City Hill is an indie church. It's totally different from any other church I've ever been a part of before. But deep down inside, I've got a confession. I'm kind of Pentecostal. So what that means is, like, I'm missing church, where you can see on people's faces and hear from them feedback that what you're doing is, like, on point and is lit and they are loving it. So what I need you to do is I want you guys to just be dropping emojis so that I know stuff is going on, you're connecting, you're resonating. So just drop emojis whenever you want. But there's going to be some points in this where I want a specific emoji for a specific point. So I want to see who's got that emoji anointing, who can drop the right emoji at the right time. So you've got to stay focused, stay tuned for the things I'm going to be sharing today. So today's talk is called Teach Me Your Ways. Teach Me Your Ways. Psalm 119 verse 97 reading from the ESV version. If you haven't got a Bible, make sure you download the City Hill London app. You can use that all through the week. Free Bible, loads of great stuff on there. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers. For your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold back my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me how sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate every other false way. Psalm 119, whoop, whoop, it's crazy long. There's a little segment we're just dipping into. So I want to talk to you guys about something sweeter than honey. Who can drop me the honey pot emoji, the fastest? I want to see that right now. It exists. I've researched this, guys. I want to see some honey pot emojis because his word is sweeter than honey. They didn't have Haribo back then. Hey Marvin, we need to do this. Newsflash, we need to buy tons of Haribo. And at sit here, oh Sarah, that is incredible skills on the emojis. Wow, straight with the honey pot. Can I get a, can I get a, can I get an emoji? Honey. We need to buy loads of Haribo, Marv. We're gonna give away Haribo to every kid that comes through the door when we relaunch and get things going again because his word is sweeter than Haribo. And so when we look, at this, at this passage and this story that we read of in Psalm 119, is, is the, the artist is conveying that the Lord's word is the sweetest, and the sweetest thing around at the time was honey. And that's why the world Jesus grew up in as a small little boy was he would have turned up age six, first day of school, 
and there would have been a rabbi standing there with a slate. And with that slate, it would have been covered in honey. And the kids would have come in, walking into class, meeting their teacher, their rabbi for the first time. They would have dipped their finger in the honey. And as they tasted it, as they tasted it, the rabbi would have said, your word is sweeter than honey. And I gained understanding from it. And I detest all other ways. I detest all other ways. I turn from all other ways. That was the first lesson that kids got taught. Jewish boys, age six, rocking up and meeting their rabbi for the first time. Drop some honey emojis. Then we see Jesus, age 12, age 12 at Passover. And we see this in, I believe it is in Luke 2, verse 41. Now, his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of Passover. No brainer. So did everyone. Whole nation. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to the custom. And when the feast was ended, they were returning. The boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. The parents didn't know it. Ah, lost child. But supposing him to be in their group, they went a day's journey. A day's journey. But then they became began to search for him among their relatives and their friends and their acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. After three days, four days, three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, the rabbis, the religious leaders of the time. And as he's sitting, teaching them, among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions, and all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His answers. What? I thought he was asking the questions. We're going to get onto that. And when his parents saw him, they were astonished. And his mother said to him, son, why have you treated us so? Behold, your father and I have been searching for you in, this great, and in great distress. And he said, why were you looking for me? Did you not know I'd be in my father's house? Mic drop. And they did not understand the saying he spoke to them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was submissive. And his mother treasured up all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and with man. So day one of rabbi school is you are dipping your finger in some honey on a slate as you meet your teacher for the first time. Day one of school, you taste the honey. He says, the honey is sweeter. God's word is sweeter than honey. And I, did, I gain understanding and I detest all other ways. Jesus grows up age 12 now. This is a key point in the school academic system because at age 12, he's at the point where he's going to finish. He's becoming a man at age 13 in their culture. So at age 12, this is a really key passage. It's in the Bible for a reason. And that is he started age six. He's dipped his finger in the honey like everyone else. He knows that God's instruction is the most important thing. It's sweeter than anything else. I detest all other ways. I'm not going to go those ways. I gain understanding from your word, which is the sweetest. He's now age 12. He's at the temple at Passover. So these are not some next teachers he's running around with. He's not with some supply teachers who don't really know what they're talking about. He is dropping bombs in the temple while his parents are on their way home. And while he is dropping bombs, they are amazed at his answers. You see, in their culture, when they ask, when you ask questions of a rabbi, what you're doing is you're challenging the way they see the world. You're challenging what they understand. You're challenging everything around them and their social constructs and the very fabric of society. When Jesus, age 12, is in the temple asking questions and they're amazed at his answers, what is happening is Jesus is turning the place up. 
And you see age 12 is a key point because at age 13, you finish your academic system as a kid and then you get to the point where a rabbi comes and he says, follow me. I see your ability, I see your capacity, I see the potential. You are the best of the best, come follow me. And then we're gonna skip ahead to something that is absolutely insane, is I can only best explain this through the X Factor narrative. Is that at X Factor, after you've done your singing, after you've seen and they've tasted the different styles, after they've seen the capacity that you have, after they've seen your ability, they that Simon Cowell rocks up and he has that moment, you're going to judges' houses. And then, ah! And they're like, and they're all teary, they're running up and down the spot, they're screaming, they're, all these kind of craziness is kicking off because they've been invited to judges' houses. For the Jewish child of the day, you'd grow up learning the law of God, his instruction, his goodness, you would meditate on it all day. You would hope that age 12, you would have smashed your exams and you would have been told, you're going to judges' houses, come follow me. But then the crazy thing happens. You see, we read it in Mark's Gospel, chapter 6. Jesus is there doing some cool stuff, and he's saying some amazing teaching, and some people in his hometown are like, wait, that's the carpenter. And in Matthew's Gospel, they cuss him out a different way. They go, isn't this Joseph the carpenter's son? And when you would say that kind of a phrase in their culture, you're not talking about your dad's profession. You're saying you want to learn your father's trade. Let me put it to you this way. When Jesus invited Peter to come and follow him, he did something absolutely genius. You see, the rabbis were going around, the lawmakers, the best of the best, were picking off the creme de la creme in the whole nation. They were teaching them the best things and the ones with the best results. They'd say, come follow me. The other ones, they'd have that moment on X Factor where... You're not going to judges' houses. Don't give up on your career. Don't give up on your dreams. But, you know, we probably advise that you should maybe go learn your father's trade. You're not going to be a rabbi. You're not going to be a social innovator. You're not going to be a lawyer. You may want to take some time to process this news, but you should go learn your dad's trade. So Jesus is walking on the shores. He sees a guy called Peter who's fishing. He gets into Peter's boat. They push out. Peter's had a bad night fishing. He's caught nothing all night. He's getting his nets ready, cleaned and everything else ready for the next time they're going to go out. Jesus is in the boat and he says, turns to Peter after teaching and, and, and doing all this stuff. Peter is a million miles away because although Jesus is, is now living this dream in the boat of everything Peter wanted for his life growing up as a good Jewish boy in their society, he's failed his exams. He's been told to go learn his father's trade. He's learned his father's trade. He's out here. And he's sitting in this boat like, wow, this guy's amazing. This is so cool. And then Jesus um, says to him like, hey, you know, let's go fishing. Like, let's put out and, and cast the nets. And Peter's like, this isn't the time to really do this. You know, I call nothing all night and this is the wrong time. But you know what? Because you say so, and I've been listening to your teaching, I'll do it. So they throw out the nets. Peter gets the best catch he has ever got. He is freaking out. The boat is starting to sink. Other boats are coming to help them. Those boats are starting to sink. It's the biggest catch ever. Jesus turns to Peter and he says, Peter, come and follow me. Peter's response is, I'm a sinner. A sinner is an archery term meaning to miss the target. It's like I failed my exams. I got told to learn my father's trade. You don't get it. I'm not good enough to do this gig. This dream's long gone. I've given up on it. It's like the over 30s category in X Factor where they've given up and they're starting again. Peter's like, man, I failed at this. I... 
I've had to let that go. I realize I'm not good enough and I've embraced not being good enough. And then Jesus doesn't go, what, you're not good enough? What, you're a sinner? What, you've missed the target? Get me over to that boat where the cool guys are. Let me, let me go there. No, Jesus says, I will make you a fisher of men. I share that story today because maybe you feel in some capacity that somewhere along the line, someone told you you weren't good enough. Maybe for you, somewhere along the line, you got to a point where you felt you weren't good enough. Maybe somewhere along the line, you've embraced you're not good enough. Maybe you've embraced that you haven't got what it takes to do what you believe deep down inside is what you're supposed to be doing and always dreamed you would do with your life. Maybe that's you. Maybe that's where you're feeling. Well, Jesus intentionally chose the boat of a guy who missed the target. And I believe today on this Instagram live, Jesus is intentionally calling those who have missed the target, intentionally calling those who feel they're not good enough, intentionally calling those. And he's saying, let me teach you my ways. My words are sweeter than honey. And you need to learn to listen and trust in me. And I'm telling you right now, you'll taste something, engage something sweeter than you ever dreamed possible. Peter dropped everything and followed him. Jesus didn't just do that. Peter, it's not a one-off. Every single one of his disciples, there is a reason he should have passed by pretty much all of them. I reckon only two of them, I would have personally thought, yeah, cool, sweet. The rest, oh my days. You know what's cool? That's exactly what Jesus did with me. Because if I'm honest, there's no reason he should have stopped and taken the time to call me and love me. He should never have called me but he did. And we see this consistently throughout Jesus' life. Consistently. We see just a week ago, we were celebrating Easter. And in the build up to Easter, Jesus was in a garden sweating blood. I tell you what, hashtag, that's a sign of a mental health issue if ever there was one. Talking about anxiety and stress in the workplace. Wow. Sweating blood. He took these guys with him. He would seek solitude. I want to take a moment to pinpoint something. If you've got the City of London app, make sure you watch in the video section, the four solitude videos I did, four lessons from solitude we can learn from Jesus' life. He, he invited them to come and pray with him in his moment of need. And it says in the Bible that as was his custom, he would go to solitude to pray. As was his custom, his custom. You know what's so sad as a rabbi, your main goal is that you pour yourself into others, that they would take on your custom, that they would take on your culture and be like you and replicate you. Jesus found out in the Garden of Gethsemane, it was his culture and it wasn't their culture. You see, there come these moments of pressure when we start to realize when the heat gets turned up. Wow. Do I really trust his word being sweeter than honey? Jesus went out into the desert and for 40 days and fasted in the wilderness. And at the end of it, the devil's there and he's tempting him. And he says, turn the stones to bread. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every single word that comes out of the mouth of God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but out of every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Wow. When the pressure was on, he knew that God's word was sweeter than honey. In that garden, when he asked his guys to follow him and to pray with him, he was there and he was he was like, Father, if there is any way this cup can be passed from me, any way this cup can be passed from me, then he remembers the first ever lesson. His word is sweeter than honey. And I detest and I turn from all other ways. Wow. Even in the garden, the pressure of the world upon his shoulders, the sins of all humanity are going to be placed upon him upon the cross. Even there, 
he remembers that God's word is the sweetest and he steps in to all that God has for me. So Peter had known what it was like to do an epic fail. I want you guys to drop an epic fail emoji. I want to see what is the emoji you express yourself with when you've done an epic fail. Is it that one? Is it what one? I want to see those emojis. Maybe you feel like Peter at some point. You failed somewhere along the way. I believe God wants to reach into your life and turn it around. I know he can. He's done it with me time and time again. And I need him to do it to me again. I'm going to pray for us today. And I'm going to invite the Lord. And I pray that you'll invite the Lord with me to do this in your life. Father, I just pray and I invite you to teach me your ways, Lord. Teach me your ways. Your word is sweeter than honey. And through it, I gain understanding. Help me to hate every false way. In my life, Lord, so many times I haven't and I've been enticed and chosen to go the way of whatever I felt and I thought something was Haribo, I thought something was honey and it turned out it had the most bitter aftertaste and brought death in my life. Help me to be like Jesus, holding fast to your instruction, meditating, resting and living in your instruction, knowing like Peter it can choose and drag a failure and a bum like me and do something significant in each and every one of our lives. Lord, many of us logged in today are key workers, but you are the key worker that works all things for your goodwill and pleasure. You are reconciling all things to yourself. Help us to be a part of that mission in this difficult and challenging time. In Jesus' name, amen. Teach me your ways. I hope that was helpful. I hope that blessed you. I want to give you a whole week's notice. We are going to be back here next Sunday at 10.30 a.m. Once again, I'm going to be going through who's been in the chat, key workers. If you want to drop us a DM or write in the comments, let us know that you're a key worker. That would be so cool because we're giving away today Uber Eats vouchers for those who are key workers in schools. Next Sunday, we are going to be doing it for supermarket workers. Come on, I'm crazy excited about that. I'm telling you at the end of this, if there isn't a statue somewhere in London of a teacher, a supermarket worker and an NHS worker standing side by side, I'm gonna be so devastated. But whether the nation does it or not, we're gonna do it. This Sunday, we're giving away vouchers. If we don't find enough key workers are in this thread, when the video goes live, please tag people in the comment section on there. And if they turn up, if they watch it, I'm going to be giving away vouchers there and then as well. But once the four are gone today, they're gone next Sunday, supermarket workers. We're going to be giving them away. And then the Sunday after that, giving you more notice, we're going to be giving them away to NHS workers. So this week, if you know anyone who works in a supermarket, make sure you're messaging them saying, hey, there's this crazy church, cityhill.london. You've got to go on their Instagram feed, 10.30 a.m. We've got a message for them. I'm going to be preaching one of my favorite messages. I preached it over in Texas when I said over there, when a, the day a Walmart worker changed the world. I'm going to be preaching in the UK, the day of Sainsbury's, Morrison's, insert Waitrose, whatever you want, Tesco's, change the world. Get invited. Guys, have an amazing Sunday. Love to everyone. Be blessed. And I hope this message inspired you. If you need someone to pray with you or you, you want prayer for something, make sure you drop us a DM or email us at hello at cityhill.london. God bless. Have a great Sunday. And your emojis were amazing, guys. I can't wait to see what emojis you bring next Sunday. You guys are awesome. God bless. We really hope you enjoyed today's message. 
And if you'd like to find out more about City Hill, please visit our website, cityhill.london. We are the light, we are the light. We are the light, we are the light.